This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby Snymer. The 90th Academy Awards are being televised live from Hollywood tonight. The much sought-after gold statuettes will be awarded to those who've achieved the best in filmmaking in 2017. And it's no surprise there are quite a number of Zoomer nominees. And it's a technological milestone. We'll introduce you to Canada's first humanoid robot, Pepper, who's taken up residency at Toronto's Humber River Hospital. We find out how this robot will be assisting senior patients. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. There's now scientific evidence that the therapeutic use of cannabis can be a safe and effective alternative treatment for seniors and can decrease the use of drugs such as opioids. A new clinical study out of Israel published in the European Journal of Internal Medicine surveyed patients above 65 years of age who received medical cannabis between January 2015 and October last year. Almost 3,000 patients with a median age of just over 74 were prescribed one or more cannabis strains for chronic pain and cancer. After six months of treatment, nearly 94% of respondents reported improvement in their condition, with a reduction of pain by half, and after six months, 18% of the patients were able to reduce or stop using opioids to manage pain. In Australia, the message on aging is being changed by the federal government there to save money. The goal of the Australian Aged Care Roadmap is to promote a positive social attitude about caring for the elderly in hopes of encouraging people to prepare for their aging needs. The policies include promoting community involvement for mature citizens and growth of age-friendly business. These policies are just a few ways of turning the dialogue around aging from that of financial burden to empowerment. Here's another incentive to book a cruise. A new study out of China shows life on a cruise ship is good for physical and mental health. Researchers found cruising differs from other types of travel because it encompasses three health dimensions, emotional, relational, and thinking experiences. Going on a cruise also eliminates the stress of planning, promotes mingling between fellow passengers, and offers a variety of destination cultures. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby's Nimer, and those are your headlines from around the world. It's the biggest night of the year in Hollywood. The 90th Academy Awards will be broadcast around the globe tonight. And joining me to share some interesting facts and surprising information about Zoomer nominees is Zoomer Magazine's arts and entertainment editor, Mike Crisolago. I would love to see Jordan Peele and uh, get out win, you know, either for Best Picture or Best Director or both. It's a really important film, and I think it's getting lost 
in a way, uh, with some of the bigger names that are at the Oscars. And there's also been a little bit of discussion about the Oscar voters and how they have approached the film and what they think about it. What about as far as some of the individual awards? Actor, actress? I think I'm like many people. I have a soft spot for Christopher Plummer, and uh, he's in the running for Best Supporting Actor for uh, what nine days of work on All the Money in the World. Everything has a price. The great struggle in life is coming to grips with what that price is. I love Plummer. I love Francis McDormand and, you know, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I want to know something, Mildred. Why'd you drill a hole through poor Fat Jeffrey's thumbnail? That did not happen. His hand slipped. He drilled a hole through his own self. Did he say I did it? Well, I guess it's his word against mine then, huh? Kind of like in all those rape cases you hear about. Except this time, the chick ain't losing. She's been cleaning up through this whole award season. What about as far as out of left field, any any first-timers, uh, anyone that if you were in Vegas, you'd put a, a few dollars down and say, uh, why not? I have a funny feeling this might really raise a few eyebrows. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was actually just looking at the betting odds yesterday. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of, um, it's not as exciting as you would think because the betting odds are all like basically the favorites that you've seen winning. I think that Greta Gerwig with Lady Bird as best director would be huge. Only the second woman to ever win that award if she does. And a lot of people are saying, you know, possibly Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, putting in sort of his retirement performance in Phantom Thread. He's already the most uh, decorated Best Actor winner with three, so he could get a fourth. But um, also there's uh, Rachel Morrison, who's the first woman ever nominated for Best Cinematography. She uh, worked on Mudbound. So, I mean, that would be amazing. And, you know, after 90 years of Oscars, to see a woman uh, take that. So that would be really cool. What about if we can wave the uh, our flag a little bit here? What about as far as Canadians? I mean, you did mention Christopher Plummer, but that kind of crosses all lines. But as far as Canadians uh, who might walk away with some hardware? I mean, yeah, you have Plummer. You also have basically the whole team almost from um, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro's uh, film. It was shot in Toronto and uh, Hamilton, I believe. So it's like the whole production crew, it was basically Canadian. And uh, you have the digital effects, best costume design, production designers, sound editors, sound mixers, film editors, like they're all nominated. So they're not necessarily names you would know off the top of your head, but they're all Canadian. They're all nominated. The, the Breadwinner, which is a Canadian animated film that's up for best animated film. And that's a Canadian co-production, Toronto uh, actress in the lead role. Angelina Jolie, executive produced that. And uh, Dennis Gasner, who is uh, nominated for Best Production Design for Blade Runner 2049, which was also directed by a Canadian, Denis Villeneuve. My favorite sort of uh, fact about this Oscars is that, as most people probably know, Christopher Plummer was once the oldest uh, person to ever win an Oscar when he was 82. Ennio Morricone, the great uh, Italian composer, won that in 2016. He was 87. So he beat out Plummer. So this year, Christopher Plummer is up. Uh, again, as we said, and he's 88. So if he wins, he'll be the oldest Oscar winner ever. However, there's two other Oscar nominees this year. Agnes Varda, French filmmaker, nominated for Best Documentary for uh, her film Faces Places. And James Ivory, uh, a well-known writer, director, he's uh, nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for Call Me By Your Name. So they're both 89. If either one of them win, they'll be the oldest Oscar winner ever. If they both win, Agnes Varda will hold the record because she was born seven days before... James Ivory. Here's another Zoomer-related fact. 19 of the top 25 nominees in the acting and directing categories are all over the age of 40. Oh, there we go. Big pat on the back. There we go. 
Now, as far as the host, how do you think Jimmy Kimmel is is going to do, keeping in mind we've got the various movements, right? So how do you think Kimmel's going to do? Yeah, I think Kimmel's going to be more important than ever because uh, anybody who watches his late night show or or sees him on social media knows he gets uh, very involved in in political topics and, and cracking jokes about them and This year at the Oscars, it's not going to be quite like the Golden Globes where everybody dressed in black to support the Time's Up movement. And the Oscars have already said, you know, the producers have come out and said, we kind of want to make it a little more about the films and less about the movements. So it's going to be up to the performers to take that mantle. And I think Kimmel is going to lead that charge because he does not shy away from uh, controversy or or topics that people are a little cringeworthy about. So um, he's actually, I think, a great pick uh, during a year when, you know, things need to be said. Okay, Mike Crisolago, thank you. Sit back, enjoy, and pass along some of that popcorn. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was Mike Crisolago, Zoomer Magazine's arts and entertainment editor. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, technology marries healthcare to produce Canada's first humanoid robot right here in Toronto at Canada's first digital hospital. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Pembroke River Hospital is the first fully digital hospital in North America. The command center perfectly combines our clinical expertise. The command center is funded through investments, donations, and the savings of being able to care for more patients. No, that's not C-3PO's new cousin from the upcoming Star Wars movie. It's Pepper, the humanoid robot. Humber River Hospital launched a new pilot program to give its patients something unique and special. And it's not just for the pediatric ward, as Vanessa Burkowski, chief nursing executive at Humber River Hospital, explains. I've been in the profession 34 years, so I am a baby boomer, and I never imagined that I would actually experience or see this. But I can tell you how exciting it is. It's exciting not only for me as a healthcare professional to know that we can use technology to support better care, to improve the quality and safety of care, to to really, you know, support patients' relief from the anxiety and the fear they feel when they come to the hospital, but also that I would be practicing in a fully digital hospital where we take every opportunity to leverage the technology for our our patient population. And our patient's response to Pepper has been incredible. I mean, from young people to elderly people, it's been amazing, the positive response. And people are feeling more and more comfortable about interacting with Pepper as a humanoid robot. And in that way, we're trying also to help people to feel comfortable in the technological world that we have here at the hospital in and of itself. Pepper was introduced both in our main lobby, and Pepper gives information to people about the hospital and can navigate people around where they might need to go or information that they can access. And Pepper is also used in the pediatric unit to support children through surgical and other procedures. Pepper tries to create a bond with them that uh, alleviates some of their fears and distracts them. We're always looking for innovative opportunities to strengthen our environment to support people.
people that come through our doors and really to use the technology as a fully digital hospital to do that. And Pepper does provide a little bit of entertainment too. If you were, for example, waiting for a ride, Pepper could do a little dance for you. Pepper could play music. Pepper plays games. So those are the kind of tasks that right now Pepper is orchestrated to deliver on. What about as far as uh, Zoomers? Any plans to help out with the older patients? One of the things that we are looking into, and we're just beginning those conversations now, is really looking at the opportunity to use a humanoid robot to be able to reduce falls in the elderly population. And what we would be using the robots for is really to distract elderly patients who are wanting to get out of their beds. So we're looking first to develop those concepts more with the uh, producer of the humanoid robot robots and also to be able to do some research to test this out to determine if in fact a humanoid robot could support us better in that way. And explain what you mean in terms of trying to possibly distract the the older patients in, in order to prevent falls. Our hospital is made up of primarily private rooms. And when elderly people are are in the hospital and they're in their private room, if they place a call to the nurse because they need to get out of bed for some reason, and the nurse cannot get there immediately, what the literature shows is that if the nurse cannot get there within two minutes, that Um, it is likely that patients will start to try and get out of bed themselves. And if they do that, then it may well create a situation in which they fall, particularly if they're at risk for high falls. So what we'd really like to try and do is we'd like to try a study where patients who are at risk for falls the humanoid robot would know immediately when they press their call button and the humanoid robot would go immediately to the patient and basically communicate with them about staying in their bed until the nurse arrives. And much of the literature in this regard has to do with using uh, coloring, for example, as a distraction or using squeeze balls or untangling a, a ball of yarn. So our thinking here at Humber River Hospital is that we might be able to use a humanoid robot that is um, programmed to provide distraction that's just maybe a little more interactive. That is, the humanoid robot would speak to the patient and ask them not to get out of bed because it's dangerous, and then would ask them about a couple of options to keep them distracted until the nurse could get there. Maybe play a song for the patient or play a game with the patient or, you know, things of, things of that nature. How else might it be used in terms of the older patients at the hospital. What about in advance of surgery? We all know that anybody can get anxious awaiting surgery. Is that uh, another area where they might help try to ease some of the anxiety possibly? We may, again, test that out. As I said, um, we have tested that out. It's working right now in our uh, pediatric population and working extremely well. Um, And it is something that we may be able to trial as well for elderly patients who are waiting either diagnostic procedures or for surgery, and in particular for people who might not have a family member with them. So, you know, we are finding that as our population gets older that sometimes, you know, there's a situation where family members 
members, um, either they don't have any family members or they're not able to be with their elderly loved one at the hospital. And so even the opportunity to have entertainment either by conversation or dancing or that sort of thing that the humanoid robot can provide, again, um, supports patients' alleviation of anxiety. So we might be able to test that in, in the elderly population. Vanessa Burkowski, thanks for your time and the information. Oh, you're most welcome. Anytime. That was Vanessa Burkowski, Chief Nursing Executive at Humber River Hospital. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby's Nimer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, he's a man of many talents who broke onto the music scene in the 50s with his ever-popular Caribbean style. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Comsick. It's time for your international arts datebook tips for those of you jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. On display this weekend, a special installation at the U.S. September 11th Memorial and Museum in New York commemorating the 25th anniversary of the 1993 bombing at the World Trade Center. The exhibit features a model that shows the four-story deep crater created by the blast. If Sarasota, Florida is your spring break destination, the Selby Botanical Gardens has a rare exhibition of Andy Warhol's flowers featuring silkscreen print and other works that focus on floral imagery. This year's Adelaide Arts Festival features the Australian premiere of Brett Dean's opera Hamlet. Dry up my it's on stage nightly until Tuesday. And after years of restoration, the Moog Hall Garden has reopened in the heart of New Delhi. It's a 90-acre site that is widely seen as the inspiration for the Taj Mahal. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. The King of Calypso, music icon and activist Harry Belafonte celebrates his 91st birthday this week. While he's probably most famous for his career in music, Harry Belafonte is also well known for his active support of many humanitarian causes. He was a close confidant of Martin Luther King Jr., provided financial support for the civil rights movement, is a goodwill ambassador for UNICEF, and is a strong supporter of HIV-AIDS awareness in Africa. He was also an early advocate for prostate cancer screenings after beating the disease in 1996. Today, we celebrate Harry Belafonte in his 91st birthday with the biggest hit from his musical career, the Banana Boat Song. That was Harry Belafonte with the Banana Boat Song, the musician, humanitarian activist, celebrating his 91st birthday. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Comsikin for Libby's Nimer. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive Producer, Moses Neimer. Produced by Christine Ross, Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.